Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. So, Aaron, what's it been like being quarantined? I don't know if quarantine is the right word. Self-isolated? Uh, social distancing. How's your social distancing? It's great. It's Podcasting good. is great for social social distancing. That's actually kind of hard to say. Social distancing. There's a lot a of like C's and S's in there and stuff. Yeah, you know, I don't mind because I like being home anyway. But also I spent all of February social distancing. So I was kind of looking forward to being out and working. Oh, yeah. And now I'm back at home. That's so true. Yeah, you had the you had the whole surgery my thing. Surgery, yeah. So I was out of work for a month. Like not out of work. I had a job. Just out of work. So yeah, we we are currently in our social distancing phase, but we wanted to podcast and bring you guys a show so that you could have a distraction, maybe something to listen to while you're cleaning, because we all know that's what we're doing. For me, there was a positive because I actually had time to organize my my like podcasting space a little better. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. So I've you know now have this. I got all my books out, mm. and because I had you know I'd recently moved in November and everything was still in Again. boxes, and so let's play the game of how how many times will Aaron move during this podcast <laughs> this will be the last time hopefully are you this sure is the final landing spot hopefully for us for houses but but yeah so I had all all my books which I have a lot in these boxes so I finally took the time to pull all the boxes out open everything up go through my books get them on shelves bought yeah. some shelving so like now I actually have a pretty cool little setup going on over here that's what I should have done today. I should have cleaned up my podcasting space to be able to reclaim my desk so I don't have to podcast from the dining room anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll get done because my school's closed too now into April. So uh, I've got time. I've got time. Yes. Time is something that we do not lack, at least time at yeah. home right now. Well, we know a lot of people out there are affected by this, and we are as well. Everyone's lives have been a bit upended, so we just want our listeners to stay healthy and stay safe and hopefully uh, we can give you guys a little bit of uh, entertainment but we did want to mention because one of the things that we've talked about in the past is you know if you send us an email we may mention it on the show and we do sometimes mm-hmm. but it's been quite a while yeah we don't get very many emails so well I wasn't going to say that I didn't want to pull the curtain back too far like we get hundreds of emails what are you talking about Teresa oh well I I like I like to we don't if you're bored Bookworms at gmail.com. Give me something to read. Thank yes, you. definitely. <laughs> but we did want to mention one of our listeners who had sent us a couple emails. Um, he is... Yeah. So his name is Hayden, and he's he's one of our younger mm-hmm. listeners. And he sent us a couple emails. And we wanted to give him a shout-out, thank him for sending us the emails. He says that we're one of his favorite podcasts, so thank you for that. Um, so, yeah, we wanted to give Hayden a quick shout-out. Yes, and Hayden, I just want to say... 
I don't know when your birthday is, but happy birthday, happy Easter, happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas. All the things. All the things. For all the things, because I don't know when anything applies to you. So... We interact with a lot of our listeners, you know, on Twitter, on our Facebook group and stuff, but we don't typically or we don't get an opportunity to interact with a lot of our younger listeners. I know. I love our younger listeners. So it is cool to get an email from from Hayden, um, who I believe is 11. Yes. Hayden, send us another email. Yeah. Keep sending us emails. I like reading. They are fun. So we also have a brief announcement about our podcast. We are making some very small changes, actually changes you guys probably won't really even notice. We will notice them, but you might not. And we had put this out on Facebook and Twitter, so I'm just going to read the announcement. Don't read the announcement. Why? It's too long and I wrote it. (laughs) It's good. I like it. I'm going to read it. Yeah, Aaron wrote it, but I'm going to read it. We started Star Wars Bookworms over seven years ago. It's a long time. It is. Over the years, Star Wars has evolved, and so has our show. Our personalized, personal lives, that's hard to say, have changed as well. In order to adjust to our busier lives and in an effort to keep the show going, we'll be making some changes to Bookworms. Our goal is to simplify the show and be more consistent about when we release episodes. So we are shifting to a monthly schedule, and now I'm kind of going off script. That's the part I wanted to read. We're shifting to a monthly schedule, one episode per month, so 12 a year, releases or we're shooting for them to be around the same time each month and we are going to focus on mainly the novels this will include adult YA and junior novels we're still going to discuss comics and reference guides and other things probably not doing full-on reviews and the episodes are going to stay about an hour in length so you guys may not notice the difference but we will because we have this like spreadsheet of all of the things And it just, all the things weigh on us, and the list gets longer and longer. And we've had to be like, okay, we can't do it. Is too many things. That's what we've realized with this. With the original intention of our show, when we first started it seven years ago, it was like, oh, we're going to cover everything. And then time went on, and we realized we just can't keep up. And, you know, we say we're going to go to a monthly schedule. We kind of already were. But I think the goal here is that we're going to have a more defined, you know, schedule where we're we're not going to try to tackle everything. We're just going to pick the top releases, 12 a year, and focus on those and kind of try to be a little bit more consistent and a little bit more even um, communicative about what's coming next. So we, we, yeah. we map out the year. We know what's coming. So we can tell you guys at the end of each episode what's coming next, what's our next review going to be. Um, so And that will help us. As we're, you know, the creators of the podcast, um, you know, we have a lot of other things going on in our lives, too. And to make it this, to simplify it, is going to allow us to to continue the show uh, without getting overwhelmed yeah. and ending the show. So Absolutely. that's the main goal I, here. The main goal. Basically, we want to keep bringing you bookworms. Yes. So we have to find a way to do it that works for us and for you. But when we keep it in our heads that we're only going to have 12 episodes a year, that just sounds so much easier to tackle. Yeah, than <laughs> everything. Me. And we literally have already, we already have mapped out the 12 things, well, the whatever left in the year, so not quite 12 things. But the rest of the year is mapped out as far as what we're going to target for releases, which is nice. That makes it easier on us. Mm-hmm. So. All right, well, we do have some news 
news. It's very exciting news. I'm actually really excited about this. I don't know if you are, but I am. And it's been out there for a little bit. This came out in, towards the end of February. So Lucasfilm finally is telling us what Project Luminous is. It is Star Wars The High Republic. It is a publishing campaign that is including Disney, Lucasfilm Press, Del Rey, IDW, and Marvel. So all the things. <laughs> and we just talked about not all the things, and this is going to have all the things. But it's spread out somewhat. Yeah, so that so that's good. So basically what this is, is it is going to be set in an era when the Galactic Republic and the Jedi Order are at their zenith, about 200 years before the events of the Phantom Menace. So not like Old Republic. Right. This is High Republic. So this is a new, kind of a new term, yeah? Uh, yeah, I think it is. I mean, yeah. uh, it, if it was used before this, it wasn't used a lot. Yeah, so High Republic. So they're at their, like, peak, you know, like the Golden Age. I don't know. That's what I think of when I hear it. Yeah. The period, it's the period on the Star Wars timeline will not overlap. This is important with any of the film features or series currently planned for production. So this gives creators and partners room to tell Star Wars stories. The thing I'm excited about for this is that this is giving Star Wars the chance to have books create and tell the stories. And then if movies or shows are made, they will be based off of this instead of the other way around. That excites me. Yes. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if it did happen, that would be... I know, that, yeah. I know there were rumors that Project Luminous was going to connect to, like, movies and things like that. We don't. We definitely don't have any news around that. Mm-hmm. All the news that we've gotten around the High Republic is publishing news, and I actually don't think they're they're developing films to tie into this stuff. I'm not saying they are now, but they could. But it's definitely a possibility, and they're they're setting the groundwork mm-hmm. for it. But I, I like the fact that they set this in a time period that isn't heavily covered. And it's also not heavily yes. covered in the in the previous legend stuff. So yes, it's it's this very blank slate. Whereas if they had gone back and done the old Republic era, then they would have had to oh, overwrite God. kind of a lot of old stuff. And that's and I think that it's it's reminiscent enough. Like you look at these the artwork and stuff, it definitely has an old Republic vibe to it. Oh yeah. It's it just... does, but it, I mean it's not because old Republic to me in colors is like red and gray and black. And then this is like gold and yellow, bronze. An older public kind of had a feel of like this medieval Dark time where there was like, yeah, right. Like there was the Sith versus the Jedi. And it was just very kind of like almost like there's these kingdoms and, and the Dark like Ages. That. Whereas this okay. has the way they're describing it is much more kind Light of. Light and fluffy. Well, I don't, I don't know if I'd use fluffy, but it's definitely <laughs> got um, more of an adventure kind of feel to it um as yeah. opposed to like well, an Kathleen, epic like fantasy story Kathleen kennedy says we'll get to see the jedi in their prime there you go yeah That's i mean exciting. and you're just looking at some of this artwork like they have this great write-up on starwars.com and mm-hmm. you look at the artwork of all the different jedi in the picture with you know them holding their their sabers up and it's really i mean it's very diverse it's got a lot of really cool looking characters and I think this is going to give them an opportunity to start to introduce us to these 
these Jedi characters in canon who we, you know, are brand new. Like, we've gotten some novels and comics around characters that are Jedi, but a lot of it have been characters we already knew. Right. And so it's yeah. going to it's gonna establish these brand new characters and let them kind of, I don't know. That's not one thing I miss about the new, the new canon is they haven't, I don't feel like they've really established a lot of new Jedi characters. So this is going to be cool. Well, the first books and comics are set to debut at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim in August 2020, if that still happens. Uh, with, Star that. <laughs> with Star Wars, The High Republic, Light of the Jedi. This is a massive interconnected story that's told across various formats by various publishers. So the first wave of Star Wars, The High Republic titles will be... Star Wars The High Republic Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. This will be a YA novel from Disney Lucasfilm Press. And then there is Star Wars The High Republic A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland. This will be a middle grade novel from Disney Lucasfilm Press. Now, one of the things I like about the cover on this is one of the Jedi is like green, which I think is really cool. And then from IDW, so excited. We know I love IDW. Star Wars The High Republic Adventures by Daniel Jose Older. This will be on IDW Publishing. It's going to be a comic book series. But because it's on IDW, this is kind of, I feel like it's going to be sort of like the Star Wars Adventure comics. So a little bit more child-focused, maybe? I don't know. Like maybe short stories as opposed to like a longer no, I'm kind of talking more about the animation or the animation, oh, the, style. the artwork. Yeah. The, the styling is going to be kind of more kid friendly. And then there will be Star Wars The High Republic by Kevin Scott. This is a Marvel Comics series. This one looks crazy weird, uh, but super awesome. And then this was probably the one I'm. I'm really excited for Star Wars The High Republic Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. This is going to be the adult novel, novel by. Um, from Del Rey and the cover on this one has a blonde Jedi which we've never really seen before and a Wookiee Jedi (laughs) very exciting yeah also she has like a tiara on which is like so cool oh yeah she does anyway so I'm pumped I'm excited I like that it's like one cohesive I don't know push like phase like hey all these kind of go together yeah, it's it's you know, kind of reminiscent of what they've done in the past with things like um like the New Jedi Order or things like mm-hmm. that in old legends where they were there was a lot of different interconnected stories that lasted across years. Yeah. Um so right now, I mean we've gotten like, you know, obviously we've gotten the Thrawn trilogy of novels and things like that, but this is the first time where I feel like they've done this big of an effort across this many different mediums. Mm-hmm. Um, to establish brand new characters and brand new stories, which is, I think it's worth, it's kind of, it lived up to the hype in my mind of this whole Project Luminous thing, kind of, oh, what is it? This is actually a little bit more than I expected. I'm glad that they're including all the different mediums too, like the kid comics, the adult comics, the middle grade, the young adults, like all reading levels, basically. It's interesting that they've of- they mixed up kind of the um, the different writers into mm-hmm. different mediums that you're typically not. So like, for example, Daniel Jose Older, how he's doing a comic where we've seen him previously write novels. Um, or Charles Soule, who's previously written the comics, is now writing a novel. 
And so it's kind of cool that they're like giving these guys um, opportunity to kind of jump into a different medium in Star Wars than they had done previously. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad Claudia Gray's back to YA. I think she does adult novels really well, but she soars in YA, in my opinion. Uh, also, Justina Ireland does great in middle grade. Yeah. So those two are perfect. And I just I can't wait to see as this continues forward, like let's say phase two, who the authors are going to be that are going to be a part of phase two. Like, yeah. That's exciting. I really like all the, the authors that they've picked for this series so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Scott was one that we didn't mention. Um, and I, Kevin like you, Scott's great. yeah, I, I mean, really every one of them they, they picked, I think are great. So I'm excited for all these stories and I hope there's a, I hope it continues. I hope it's very successful and people go out and buy this stuff so they can get more. Cause obviously if it does very poorly, we won't see more of these stories. So if you're into this kind of stuff and you're into the Jedi and you're into this kind of this era, um, definitely make sure you go out and get these things. Yes, please. All right. Well, we do have a review for this episode. We do. And I'm prepared because we, we talked pregame about <laughs> how we needed coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and I made myself coffee and then I'm drinking out of my galaxy's edge, black spire outpost mug. Oh, geez. So I'm like on brand. I'm kind time. of on brand. Mine was in the Disney's Hollywood studios mug. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, there you go. That's where Galaxy's Edge is. It is. True. So, um, there's no one there right now. No. no that's, that's, uh, Batu is closed. I was supposed to be there in a couple weeks. I don't want to talk about it. Batu is closed to visitors right now. <laughs> I'm angry. Uh, they are having a, what is that? What was that called in the Phantom Menace? They have a blockade going on right yes, now. And you can't get in. <laughs> blockade. <laughs> Dang Trade Federation. All right. Give us the deets, and I'll give us the publisher summary. So this is, um, we're going to be talking about the Galaxy's Edge Black Spire novel, written by Delilah Dawson. Um, And this is from Delray Books, and it was released on August 27, 2019. Alrighty. Walk the ancient streets, meet the colorful characters, and uncover the secret history of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the upcoming expansion to the Disney Parks experience. After devastating losses at the hands of the First Order, General Leo Organa has dispatched her agents across the galaxy in search of allies, sanctuary, and firepower, and her top spy, Vi Marathi, may have just found all three on a secluded world at the galaxy's edge. A planet of lush forests, precarious mountains, and towering petrified trees, Batu is on the furthest possible frontier of the galactic map, the last settled world before the mysterious expanse of wild space. The rogues, smugglers, and adventurers who eke out a living on the largest settlement on the planet, Black Spire Outpost, are here to avoid prying eyes and unnecessary complications. Vi, a resistant spy on the run from the First Order, is hardly a welcome guest. And when a shuttle full of stormtroopers lands in her wake, determined to root her out, she has no idea where to find help. To survive, Vi will have to seek out the good-hearted heroes hiding in a world that redefines scum and villainy. With the help of a traitorous trooper and her acerbic droid, she begins to gather a colorful band of outcasts and misfits and embarks on a mission to spark the fire of resistance on Batu before the First Order snuffs it out entirely. This book is also known as Phasma Part 2. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is a very much Literally a sequel. Literally a sequel. 
Which is, you would never know that. You know, you look at the book and you say, okay, this is a book about Galaxy's Edge. It's a Disney Park tie-in. Um, and if you if you saw those two books sitting next to each other on the shelf, you would never think, oh, these these are related. Yeah. But they are very much. It's because Vi Marathi, um, you know, being the basically narrator of Phasma um, and Cardinal being there as well, and they're kind of two major characters in the story, and it's mostly told from Vi Marathi's point of view. So it's definitely, and it's the same author, mm-hmm. Delilah Dawson. So it's definitely a sequel. And I think, like, I would definitely say for anyone who has read this or wants to read this, make sure you read Phasma. Because yes. it's if you read this because you like the tie into Galaxy's Edge and you want to learn more about these characters, go back and read Phasma um, because it's a very similar tone and it tells you a lot more about these characters. Yep, yep, yep. And I really liked Phasma. And so this one this one went really quick for me. I did the audiobook for this one and I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it i thought it was great the production on it was fabulous so thank you penguin random house audio for continuing to create great audiobooks i loved it that was amazing i did a little bit of both and i really enjoyed this one uh as an audiobook i thought Mm -hmm. uh who is it is it january lavoy that does this one i think it was i'm not 100 percent sure but i believe so the narrator was great. She did great. Whoever yeah. that was. <laughs> it, she did amazing. And I can just say that since this is a sequel and we are talking spoilers here now. So when we first get introduced to the characters in this, we obviously knew Vi Marathi was going to be in it. But I had no idea that Cardinal was going to be in it. So when he shows up, I was like, what? Oh, my God. And I freaked out. <laughs> And it's cool. Although because... his real name is Archex, which is like weird, but I'm fine with it. It's cool. I got used to it after a while. Yeah, it's always interesting when you find out the real name of some of these characters, and you're kind of yep. like, "Well, that sounds weird." You know, like when they said Palpatine's name was Sheev, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of weird." Archex was kind of weird. weird. I got used to it too. Um, but yeah, Cardinal is kind of how I like to think of him. Yeah. So this book is just. I don't know. There's something really magical about it. And then in addition, if you've been to Galaxy's Edge, like for me, I read this after I had been there and Mm. I was like, holy smokes, you know, there was so much detail in here and things and just stuff that I was like, I need to go back because I want to, I want to see it, you know? So they talk about in this book, the resistance ends up building their base in the ancient ruins and I haven't seen it. I hate you have, but I haven't. And I want to go to the ruins where the resistance base is because that's where the ride of the rights of the resistance ride is. And I haven't been there. Yeah. So it's like, there's still this place in this book that I can go to that I haven't been to. And it's very disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really cool how they do. They tie it in so well. Um, Delilah Dawson did such a good job of tying this into what you see when you're actually on Batu or in Galaxy's Edge at Disney World or Disneyland too. And you can like you can tell because now that I've been there a few times, and you could tell certain descriptions she would make, and you're mm-hmm. like you can visualize it because you're like oh I've been there I know exactly what she's talking about when she talks about how toward the end of the book how they had initially created it in the caves 
but then it kind of started to spread out once they were able to once the troopers were gone and they were able to kind of be a little bit more out in the open and mm-hmm. she's kind of describing how it's spread out a little bit and there's an x-wing parked there and you're kind of thinking oh yeah that's that area you know of those little stands that they're selling stuff you know out in the open um right next to the x-wing and the a-wing mm-hmm. and you know the way she describes it you're like oh yeah that's exactly what it looks like and um she talks about the you know ronto roasters or ronto wrap you know um mm-hmm. comes up a couple times things like that so i i actually thought that this one was a little bit more um referential to the to galaxy's edge than a crash of fate was i would agree with that i would agree with that and there's there are some things in this one though they mention a lot of different places and different things and those don't exist in Galaxy's Edge, like different shops and things like that. Mm. And so it got me thinking, like, how cool would it be if some of these shops rotated? You know, so it was really, truly like a market stall. Because they talk about the markets, like them having to rent their space. You know, so what if, like, Toydarian Toy Makers, you know, gets moved to, like, a small stand because that's all they could afford. And then the store where she gets her wrap from and her clothes native to Batu shows up you know like things like that like that is just so cool and i know that it really doesn't have anything to do with the story but the fact that this is set in a place that you can actually go makes you think about those kind of things i think (laughs) oh absolutely "Mm -hmm." i mean the whole time i was reading through this and crash of fate i was trying to connect the dots in my brain of what I had seen and experienced being at Galaxy's Edge versus what I was was being described in the books. Did it ever make you wish that Galaxy's Edge was like bigger so you could go to Dolan's farm village <laughs> or like you know their crashed ship and like transporter out in the outskirts and stuff like that cuz it did for me. Right. I was like I wish it was bigger. That's the big big disconnect is although they do tie it in very well you do have this sense of everything is actually smaller when you're actually there at Disney World versus in the book, they make it feel a lot more expansive. And I remember when we interviewed uh, Zoraida, she kind of talked about that being a challenge because yeah. she needed there to be time, you know, between, the, oh, they're traveling from Dakondars to this other location. And in Galaxy's Edge, it takes two minutes to walk there. But in this book, she ha- they had to get on a speeder bike, you know, and, and, fl- and go there. Yeah. So it's th- some of that, you know, obviously you have to give it, some you know give it a break because you're not gonna it's not gonna be as expansive as the book would be but i mean there's space i know i know at least the disney world one there's definitely space to expand so who knows i don't really think so because there's the hotel that's going in so i don't know i don't know i know there's been rumors about a restaurant going in uh things like that so who knows well i know there's a restaurant going in at toy story uh, that's going in that back part, which I think people were thinking of would be expansion space for Galaxy's Edge, but they're going to use it for a dine-in restaurant and Toy Story. Uh, okay, well, but yes, to answer your question, yeah, there were definitely times where I was like, oh, this, I wish it was a little bit more expansive now that I've read these books because I want to see all these other places too. Yeah, there were a couple of things I really liked about this book. The first thing I want to talk about is Krykai. Oh my God, yeah. Krykai. Adorable was my favorite character in this whole book. Yeah. Now, they'd say she's a Chadra fan, and I'm like, okay, cool. What is a Chadra fan? We've discussed this before. I blank 
on species sometimes. I don't remember what they look like, so I have to Google it. But I didn't Google it until, like, I don't know, maybe after I read the book. And in my head, she looked like a big rabbit. Uh, (laughs) So you were disappointed by the fact that actually she's like a a giant bat? Kind of like a bat, yeah. No, I wasn't disappointed because I was thinking, okay, well, let's take the image off of the like Wikipedia site of a Chadra fan that's like a boy bat and then let's give it bigger eyes like <laughs> anime eyes and maybe like some ears that kind of like flop a little at the top you know right like I was thinking of ways to make her cuter make it a, a more adorable Chadra fan because she's amazing I love everything about her I love the way she talks in the voice for her on the audiobook is my favorite favorite thing love Kai. uh and i love how smart she is but she kind of doubts herself but then she figures out how smart she is she kind of reminds me of sabine a little bit in that way you know uh and like grows into her own i don't know but just cry is my new favorite yeah I, I, actually, I need somebody to do fan art of cry Kai for me please i actually agree with most of your assessment of the character um, I don't know that I was as drawn to the character because of the cuteness of the character, but definitely the I liked the the personality that they gave her. Oh, and it was that, you know, that she's this tech geek and genius, but she's, she's like you said, she completely doubts herself. So she's constantly like, "Stop making me so nervous, you know. Stop putting so much pressure on me." You yeah, know? she gets nervous fast, and she wants to, but and she also is kind of really hesitant to even be involved in a lot of the mm-hmm. stuff because it is scary and violent and. And but yet she still kind of overcomes that and really does. Like she at the end of the book is the reason why they're able to defeat um Kath. So mm-hmm. True. So yeah, very, very cool character. I, I liked her a lot. We each have a job to do. Archex is doing his job to give you the time to do yours. So do him proud. Make it count. Krykai nodded repeatedly and turned back to her work, fingers flying. Yes. Yes, I can do this. I can do this quickly and well. Plucking at the gray bead on her necklace, she kissed it and tucked it back where it lived, over her heart. Now go away. You make me nervous. So you just said Kath, like de- defeating Kath. Here's the funny part. You want to you know what my funny thing is? Yeah. So... Because it was an audiobook, I didn't hear Kath, like K A T H. I heard Kath. I was like, why are they fighting Kath? Okay. At one like point? his name was Kath. Like, yeah, I was like, Kath. <laughs> That's weird. And then I finally was like, oh, Kath. Okay, we're good now. That's one of the drawbacks of audiobooks is you're, you know how to say a name, but you don't know how to spell it, or sometimes you don't hear it right. Like, I had no idea how you spelled Krykai. I thought it was, like, Krykai from Australian language. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know that. Yeah, it's definitely, when you read it versus listening to it, some of the pronunciations are different. And that's how it was. There was another character, um, uh, Zane. Zane? How does, what's the guy's name? Oh, I'm forgetting now. The cool guy that they meet. Zade. Oh, oh yeah. Zade. So in the book, Zade. It, it's Zade, It's Z A D E. So I just read it as Zade, but in the audiobook, uh-huh. it's, they call him Zadie. Zadie, yeah. So, so that was definitely uh, something I had to adjust to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, so 
um, Kath, like his full name is Wolfgar Kath. So just, I mean, he was <laughs> born to be a bad guy, apparently. <laughs> totally by his name, Wolfgar. <laughs> but he was, he was a very interesting villain. Ugh. God. Because he was just straight up like unlikable. He was just straight up, yeah, exactly. Like there's nothing about just him that's likable at all. Like it's so weird. I know I do this all the time, but Darth Maul has some likable qualities, you know. As far as like, because he's charming and he kind of has this swagger to him. Kath has none of that. He's just straight up disgusting. Yeah, he's like this big brute that, um, I mean, not, I mean, he's definitely a, an adversary that was dangerous, mm, but mm-hmm. he's not, he's not the kind of bad guy where you're like, oh yeah, I can see his point or like, you know, I could kind of root for this bad guy like you can oh. for others. This guy was just evil through and through. He liked to see people suffer. He, Ugh, he loved torture. Gross. The torture thing. Can we talk a little bit about uh, Delilah Dawson's uh, hang up on torture? Oh my god. There's too much of it in her books. <laughs> There's so much torture in her books. Like how... I almost feel like she and Beth Revis could write like a heck of a really sad torture book. <laughs> and I love like I really liked Phasma. I really loved this book. Uh, yes. But if I had any complaint about Delilah Dawson's writing, is it's almost too descriptive when it comes to violence and like I, torture. Okay, yeah, especially and, when they start talking about eyeballs and stabbing needles and the in eyeballs like, when they're fighting. Like, there's a lot. Oh like, god! Just the god. way that they're beating each other up constantly, and like I, there was multiple times in this book where I was just like uncomfortable about how much Vi was getting beat up. Well, it kind of reminds me of, and I've never seen it. I've seen clips, so I kind of know for the reference, but maybe it's like, is it Reservoir Dogs or something that's like super violent? Yeah. And they play like the the fun music over the like <laughs> scenes where they're beating up people. Almost like a Pulp Fiction kind of thing. I've never seen that either. See, oh, okay. I don't watch this stuff, so it's like... Yeah, me no likey. <laughs> yeah, because I'm very visual. Like when I read these books, I'm like, I feel That's like I visualize hard. it like I'm watching a movie. When I was and listening so... to the torture scenes, like having to do with eyes, I think my eyes started watering. Like, right. Because uh, no wasn't there a point where he was like cutting with a, some kind of yes. blade, like right under her eye? Like, or yes. That's was... what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and like, like my oh. eye was hurting. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, Delilah, just tone it down in the next one please we love your books but <laughs> they make me physically hurt we'll have to interview her sometime and, and oh ask i know this. i really 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 want to we, so we, much we actually so haven't much. surprisingly we haven't interviewed her we, i know we've met her but... yes we've met her we need to there's you know maybe i'll have time to send an email since i'm not doing anything uh something else though one of the parts i really loved the detail in Savi's workshop and the gatherers and how they gather their stuff and go through. Like, I would totally want to work there. It's like being an archaeologist. Yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> so cool. It was cool detail to get for this one because um, Savi's obviously a character that we hear about. We don't necessarily see. You don't see that character in Galaxy's Edge, Mm-mm. but you hear about it. You can go to the shop. You can build the lightsaber. So it's kind of cool to see the process of how, you know, they're kind of like, they're looking for certain relics, but they're keeping it under the guise of them just being these, you know, these guys that just gather scrap. 
Mm-hmm. And so that, yeah, it was cool. I have a proposal for an attraction at Batu Galaxy's Edge. Okay. One here. Yeah. Okay. So you know in Animal Kingdom where the kids can like go and dig up dinosaur bones? Yes. Okay. What if there was kind of a version like that, but adults could go to? And mm-hmm. it's a scrapyard and you go and you look for pieces of scrap or kyber crystals or you know whatever whatever they hide in there and you go and you do the thing and you kind of go through and you find stuff and then you take it back to Savi's and then you can exchange it for like something that you can take home hmm. like you pay to go do it you know or however they want to do it i don't know but you know what I mean? Like you can search for stuff and maybe you find a kyber crystal. And if you find a kyber crystal, maybe you get like a cool pin. And then like if you find a hilt of a lightsaber, you get something else or something. I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like I think it would be cool to like have this like cool thing where you go and find things. And you're like, this is cool. I like that. You know? Yeah. I like that idea. That, that sounds, sounds cool. fun. It's like something to do. Kids would like that a lot. You know, I would like that a lot. <laughs> I would take my own brushes to like brush dust off. See, you don't understand. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a paleontologist and I went into the creek behind my house looking for dinosaur bones every day in the summer and I had a whole little paintbrush set and everything. Did so you I find said, any? No. Oh. I found full rocks. So. Yeah. I found things I thought were dinosaur bones. It's all whatever your imagination can make, right? Anyway, I just think that would be fun. Hmm. I don't know. But... Yeah, I I love this book. I thought it was great. I think it's awesome, especially if you're going to Galaxy's Edge. I think it expands on some stuff. However, it does kind of leave you hanging a little bit because they never really tell you if that base really turns into... Well, they kind of do, that it does turn into a base, but then you never really hear about it again going into the movies and all that. It just kind of like yeah, disappears. I, I was trying to figure out at the end where it was kind of setting us. And mm-hmm. I think it it does make sense. So this does happen after the last or after yeah the last Jedi. Well, when, it's happening at the same time. Well, we know the events of the last Jedi have happened because they kind of refer to, right? Or is it, or is it more stuff that happened in the Force Awakens? Because I know they refer to the destruction of the Hosnian system. I think it's happening around the same time as the last Jedi. Okay. But I'm not 100% sure on that. Either way, it's it's somewhere around The Last Jedi. Right. And we know that, so at the very end, it's kind of cool because we get the, we get like, so we already said we're talking spoilers, so we'll, we'll mention something that's definitely spoilerific here. But Cardinal doesn't make it through Mm-mm. this book. He, um, he dies. Which I thought was really sad because I was really liking his character and I felt like there was definitely more that they could do with this character. I know, um, but he did make the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, it was a great, and I it do. It was amazing. I do appreciate when they're willing to kill characters, so I'm not going to complain because I ask for them to do it, so they did it. <laughs> um, so <laughs> you're I, like, dang it, Aaron. <laughs> I know. I was like, I like Cardinal a lot, so I was sad to see him go. Um, and I mean, I guess if they really wanted to get super creative, I mean, Star Wars is Star Wars, and they can bring back characters that we thought were clearly dead. So I mean, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> stormtrooper armor is supposed to be um, airtight and you can survive in space in it. So who knows? Maybe he ejected himself before the thing blew up. But yeah, so he dies. 
What? And he didn't. I know. Um, but he does die, which was kind of sad. But at the end, um, we get this kind of, other than him dying, we get a pretty happy ending for everyone else. And they Yay. kind of do this. You know, oh, the one guy's working at the bar now. And, you know, the, Zadie. And they have the the base now. And they're kind of, they've got all these new recruits. And it's this cool little ending. But then there's like this, the very end. It's like the Star Destroyer shows up and Kylo Ren himself is coming. And that's where I feel like what we see when we go to Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's Edge. Yep. So. Yeah, I was wondering how they were going to tie that in because I'm like, well, the First Order is there. so Right. So I think the time, if you're thinking timeline, this literally leads right up to the day that we're at Galaxy's Edge. Right. Except for why is Rey there? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely don't ask be, questions. Yeah, you just don't you start ask to think too much into that it. Chewbacca's there, and you know all this stuff. So yeah, Hondo. Yeah, you just you can't ask the questions. But timeline wise, I think it does make sense, and and I think I mean, who knows? They definitely set this up. Vi Marati is a super popular character, and mm-hmm. she you can see her in in the flesh at Galaxy's Edge, which is really. Cool. I've seen her, and I have a picture with her. And so, can I tell you my story? I don't yeah. know if I've told the story here. It's relevant, but. The first time I was at Galaxy's Edge in Disney World and I saw her, I walked by her and all I said was, I said, ignite the spark, just like in passing, you know, just kind of quiet to her. And she turned and looked at me and she said, light the fire. And then I saw her later and I was like, hi. And she goes, I recognize you. And she was like, have you been helping me recruit? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so cheesy, but I was like, yes. And also the fact that she said, I remember you. I was like, do you really? Because that's so cool. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I have. So honestly, I don't think I've seen her um, in the three really? times that I've gone. Yeah, I've been pretty unlucky. I've seen Chewbacca a lot and Ray a lot. But I haven't. And definitely Kylo Ren. I feel like I've bumped into him a ton. But... I've seen Vimarati every time. And also in that same visit, there was a, a Imperial, not Imperial, First Order, I don't know, commander or something. Yeah. He was out there and he was talking and giving his propaganda speech. And I yelled something like, I was like, don't listen to him. He's full of lies. And just like shouted it as I was walking by. And he, he's looking around and he was like, who was that? And I was like, he, he, he. <laughs> So you have so you haven't ri- ridden Rise of the Resistance. No. Um, are you like I don't want to know anything kind of person, or have you? Heard oh, I've already anything? watched like twenty thousand ride throughs. Okay, cool. Because I was gonna say something about yeah. it, but then I was like, well, I don't want to spoil it for her. But oh, I, and I've already, I've you know, I don't know when I'm going. So I think one of your favorite parts about that is going to be the interaction with the First Order officers. Because yeah. the cast members are like throughout that ride are very interactive and kind I of love interacting with the cast members at Galaxy's yeah, Edge. It's like that. my favorite. It's my favorite thing, and I hate leaving and going into a regular Disney World and they don't interact with you the same way. It makes me sad. Yeah, I was. That was a surprising thing for me on that ride, and I really thought it was cool because they have to ad lib and depending on how people interact with them, and they they come back with with funny replies. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. That's awesome. So. Now you're making me wish that I could go to um, Docking Bay 7 and get the breakfast with the little egg thing and the little tiny mustafar roll. And 
Yeah. Food. It definitely. It, I, I want have, the food. We have friends that, you know, live close enough, right? to do that kind of stuff and that it definitely makes me jealous of people that live either near anaheim or near near uh disney world where now i i will say last month i got to try two new treats from galaxy's edge disneyland because yeah. they got mailed to me yeah the chocolate popcorn and the garlic parmesan crispy things they yeah. got them in like little to-go bags and they mailed them to me. And I was like, cool, I get to have Galaxy's Edge food. Gotta in love Texas. friends. But well, they even brought up in this book, uh, they did. They talked about um, the popped grains. Mm-hmm, popped grains. Um, and what's the name of that that shop? I forget now. Kotsaka's Kettle. Kots, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that, and that was one of my favorite things there was the, the kettle, the kettle corn, basically. The popped greens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. They... Now they need to come up with a Batu Galaxy's Edge version of the Dole Whip. It could be lime. You know, it's green. Oh, yeah. That work, you know? Like, oh, they could not? easily. Yeah, definitely. They could easily theme it. Come on. Disney. But I think I think what I was getting at before we got on this rabbit trail about how much we'd like to go back <laughs> um, <laughs> is the the characters that they established and the situation they left them in definitely leaves it open for more stories, right? And the yeah. and sequels to this book, or maybe just Vi Marathi goes somewhere else. Definitely. And so I, where she I'm, gets tortured again. Yeah. So I think because of her popularity, we there's definitely a possibility we'll see a another book that would be it could finish the trilogy, and essentially it could be a Vi Marathi trilogy. You know, Phasma, really Black cool. Spire, and then have another one. What if? They actually finally announce, because we know they're going to do it. I mean, like, fingers crossed. We don't know. But fingers crossed an Ahsoka, Sabine animated show where they're looking for Ezra. And maybe they go to Batuu and we get to see Vimerati in animation. Ooh, that would be cool. That'd be neat. Yeah. Wishful thinking. (laughs) You never know, right? Or we get the Galaxy of of Adventures stuff. Um, What's the... Yeah. Is that what's the 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 series that they did? Am I getting that wrong? Galaxies of Adventures is the the new animation. What, what's the one that had like stories with like Leia and Rey? Oh, uh, Forces of Destiny. Yeah, Forces of Destiny. Like if they did more of those, I could totally see them doing one. Oh yeah, if I'm wrong. Right? That'd be cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So. So yeah, All right. this is a good one. I, well, I, we we enjoyed the book. We just don't like people's eyes being tortured. <laughs> and I would say this is probably um, in the new canon. This is one of my favorites. This this ranks really high up. Yeah, I agree. I would go there too. All right. Well, if you guys want to get in touch with us in between shows, especially now in this time of social distancing. You can find us on Twitter. We're at SWBookworms. You can send us an email. Give us something to read. StarWarsBookworms at gmail.com. Uh, send us your top five canon books right now. Uh, maybe favorite character, new canon too. Facebook, you can find us on our Facebook page. Just look for Star Wars Bookworms and you'll see our page. And we do have a group. It's our Facebook group, Star Wars Bookworms. Just search for that and you'll find it. We do have some screening questions to make sure that you are not Wolfgar Kath. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And we will be, this was our 
um, now that we're kind of doing more official monthly reviews, this was our March review. So yes. April is going to be Resistance Reborn. Uh-huh. Yep, we will be doing Resistance Reborn. And you can find Uh-oh. Teresa on... Yeah. You can find Teresa on Twitter and Instagram at IceColdPenguin. You can find me at AVGoins. And until next time... Keep on reading, and may the Force be with you.